0: You're listening to The One Room With A View Show
1: with Christopher Preston and Dan Orton.
0: Hello and welcome to The One Room With A View Show with myself, Christopher Preston, and joining me as ever is the Simon to my Garfunkel, it's Mr. Dan Orton. Good evening. Were you pleased with that
1: one? There was a nice grin that just (laughs) exploded across your face then. (laughs) I like the fact it was very self-deprecating on your part to label yourself Garfunkel. I know. He's the one with the hair, isn't he? Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Paul Simon he? was the talented one. <laughs> 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 All right, fair <laughs> enough.
0: Um, so we're back in the capital again, Dan. Yes, here we are. This is like the first proper episode. We yes. had the pilot episode, which, <laughs> which went down actually surprisingly well. Really well, I think. Uh, we were more successful, just to give you a little fact, with that one pilot episode than in two years of broadcasting on the radio, Dan. Well, there you go. So, (laughs) Um, I don't know if this episode will be as successful, but we don't care. This is the test. As long as they listen for the first 30 seconds, that counts as a hit. So... I think that's how Simon and Garfunkel worked, I'm not sure. But anyway, without further ado, Dan, what is going to come up on today's show? Well,
1: first of all, I mean, I'm loving your optimism.
0: <laughs> I have to set a barrier, do you know what I'm saying? I can't, because that jingle that we've got at the beginning, yeah. that's high energy, that. It? I was going to say,
1: that's, that woman. that's all flashy and new, isn't
0: it? Well, because that is, I mean, that's taken out the year's budget, you know that, don't you? So I know in our expression days, listener, you should know, I manufactured all of our jingles live, didn't I? Yes, um, we are having to go back to that as of tonight, Dan. I know you're gutted, but uh, well, we just don't I have the funds. I, I, I've always liked them in a, you know, in a <laughs> b- begrudging. Way, Is it the yeah? kind of like you know if you kind of develop an ulcer or something, and then by the kind of third week, you're like, well, it's part of me now. I like yes, just have to kind of appreciate. That's how I it. see yeah. my working
1: relationship <laughs> with you. <laughs> Not <laughs> just even the jingles. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so uh, <laughs> let's lacerate that boil, shall we? <laughs> What's coming up on the show tonight? Tonight we obviously are doing our usual some film old, some film new. And this week we are looking at The Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. The Oscar-nominated Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. And also casting our minds back to 2004 for The Aviator. Yes, Oscar-nominated um, The, Oscar the nominated Aviator. nominated The Aviator, yes. And, and the eagle eyed among you will notice that those two films are linked yes. in so many ways but we'll go on to that more yeah. in the segment so much more obvious than some of our links yes. aren't they They're, these you ones know, are concrete you can hold these actually, in your Actually, i actually wrote down a whole list of the That's various great. links some of them are very tenuous <laughs> fair enough <laughs> but, but, but i mean it is I, <laughs> so I was stick around <laughs> i mean yeah i will say no i hadn't seen the aviator before no, neither so i was I. quite surprised by the level of you know, d- uh, just the, the the high level of links between. Is the that two like films. you know what, like
0: when those uh, d- that that kind of Lincoln and JFK assassination, and you hear all these people who you know they, they usually have tinfoil hats and oh kind yes, of yes, expect, yes. yeah. And and the, the amount of links is it like you? Ca- it was almost like the Da Vinci Code. You
1: started making links, and then the next minute it was like. Oh, yeah, num- you should see my office full of bits <laughs> of. string <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> all those string strings across maps, photographs <laughs> hanging down? Uh, yes, but so we're going to do that, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah. We haven't, as always, we've, we've not discussed our feelings about the two films. No, we've locked it down. We're going in pretty, pretty blind with each other mm. here, um, as ever. Uh, after that, you're doing... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the very racially motivated <laughs> named. Well, yeah, I'll just say this. It's our foreign film feature. Chris yes. will do the necessary introductions Absolutely. Uh, later as on in when. the show. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we're introducing a new feature. Uh, new in the sense that we've didn't ever, u- we not used it before in the radio show. No. No. Um, a lot of our stuff has carried over from the radio show. Yes. this is an entirely new feature which came to me um, sometime over the weekend. Lovely. In a sort of three minutes. In f- an LSD-fueled. <laughs> yes, flash of inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Um, and took about ten minutes put together. Lovely. Uh, You've fact, really bigged it up. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's a hook. You've been in this business for a long I time. Now. I know how to reel them in. They <laughs> Lovely can't Wait. But that is um, yes. And then this a surprise we, feature. Should we finish with a little bit of housekeeping, as ever? As always, why not?
0: Some film old. Some film new.
1: So, Thank you, Chris. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Do I get paid for this
0: podcast? Because cause I know that initial... Certainly g- not. <laughs> <laughs> you think it'd be an audacity if I put a receipt in? To <laughs> <laughs> whom? I'm not going to pay you. <laughs> David Brake, Dave right? certainly isn't. <laughs> no? Fair enough. <laughs> right, so our some film old, some film new, as we said in the beginning, is yeah. The Wolf of Wall Street, and we're yes. pairing it with The with Aviator. The Aviator.
1: Now, um, these two films, obviously, the first link there is that they're both starring Leonardo DiCaprio yes. in the lead role. Both directed by Martin Scorsese, both mm. edited by Thelma Shoemaker, who's oh, okay. edited all of Scorsese's films um, for some time now, since Raging Ball, I think. Oh, really? Um, and does a very good job. Yeah. But we'll go on to the editing. Uh, in a bit. Um the links continue. I mean they're both biopics of these sort of troubled playboy types. Yeah. I mean troubled playboy is a bit of an understatement I think, but Yeah. <laughs> for both sides yeah, actually. You'll see why it, it is
0: applicable. <laughs> yes.
1: and yet at the same time. You know, um they are uh, at least for us uh, in in the UK 10 years apart. Um, yeah. 2014 for us for um Wolf and 2004 for Aviator. Um there's that look at uh, as I said earlier, troubled. You you have uh, Howard Hughes, who um, is obviously mentally ill, mm. and then you have uh, Jordan Belfort, who has these. Awful he was socially ill. Uh, socially always. ill, but I mean, also you know, addicted to drugs and alcohol L- and, uh, and numerous other vices. Mm. Um, so uh, I thought that was interesting as well. Just yeah. watching these two films and seeing those comparisons, I, you know, it all felt very deliberate. And even then, on a smaller scale, you've got um, the actor Edward Herman appears in both films. He, uh, he voices the um, Stratton Oakmont commercials that are peppered throughout. Uh, they're great, off. aren't they? Uh, but he also does the voice of one of the uh, film announcers used at the beginning of The Aviator. Oh, okay, I didn't who know is that. was talking about um, Hughes' uh, Hell's Angels epic and yeah. wondering if it would ever come on screen. That is Edward Herman. Lovely. So there's an interesting link there as well. I know this is so very So you peel back the onion? no, and, yeah, and, and, and there's all these little things. Uh, even down to uh, again um, the actor J C Mackenzie, who appears as a character called Ludlow, um, Catherine Hepburn's oh, of course, ex-husband yeah. in The Aviator, camera and, wielding and he ex-husband. He uh, appears again as um, an FBI agent in Wolf of Wall Street. Wonderful. Ten years later, it's just these wonderful little things. Yeah. You look closely. Yeah. Um, and you got to wonder whether or not they were all there. You know, it it was all very a bit of a wink at the camera kind of thing. Yeah. I so can, I'm very happy with the films we chose here.
0: I couldn't believe that they were 10 years apart. Mm. I, don't, I can't believe a decade has kind of gone between. I know that um, Leonardo DiCaprio refuses to age. There's a portrait somewhere, isn't there? Somewhere, in a hideous attic. portrait. I don't know if it's in <laughs> my house, actually. I'm slightly worried. But he refuses to age. And Scott, I, I know we joked last time about Scorsese. He knows how to make a film, that bloke. Yes. But he genuinely does. And both of these films are perfect uh a kind of entrance into his filmography oh um, absolutely I, I i loved both for different reasons i want to put that out at the beginning i don't want to even tease you <laughs> i want to say i genuinely adored both of these films uh i believe you said in the introduction that the aviator this was the first time you'd seen the aviator yeah, yeah. and it was the same time i had as well it yes. came out i suppose when i was about 14 um, and I don't know. It's, it, I'm so pleased that I've actually seen it now, and I can truly appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, there was that kind of you know, yeah. We were we were young teens when it first came out, yeah. And I remember it vaguely, but oh, it was one of those things yeah. that definitely passed you by. I had absolutely no interest in it. I couldn't couldn't quite get it. I didn't understand exactly. It's too large. Uh, you know, it's too large a film. I was to told comprehend. about Howard Hughes, but I knew he was an eccentric. Sort of movie director. Of course, why was the film called *The Aviator*? So I didn't really know. There was all these things. Exactly. I remember now, as a teenager, not quite understanding. And the
0: scope of the film is so impressive, impressively large. I yes. know that there are some um, criticisms of *The Aviator* because it does tend to flit in and out of his life, more so towards the end. Yeah. And there isn't as much of a concentration on some aspects of Howard mm. Hughes's life as there. Their perhaps ought to be mm. but at the same time it's a three hour film I was going
1: to say it's very interesting you say it flits t- between things when you consider the length of the film exactly um, at three hours
0: long it is one of the most watchable films I've seen for that length like it could have been double its length in my opinion and I would have carried on watching I mean I won't lie I did start watching it at midnight and finished at 3am this morning in time <laughs> for the show but if it wasn't for my <laughs> sleep deprived body I could have genuinely watched another were you hour were not aware
1: long. of the length of it when you started uh,
0: well I spoke to you didn't I and yes. I, I was away over the weekend and I was like right I need to get the aviator sorted for uh the one room with the view show yeah and uh so I think I spoke to you at maybe half past 11 last
1: night earlier around, so around that time chucked the kettle on I was like right bit of the aviator hour and a half I mean, when you told me on Friday <laughs> that you were going to watch it on Sunday night I didn't quite <laughs> believe it would be midnight <laughs> that's, before you that's how watching. I roll
0: yeah chucked it on at midnight as I say finished at 3 a.m this morning but I could have watched another Two hours of the thing, I thought it was so lushly created. Mm. The attention to detail of the uh, of of the time period because it is a, a period piece, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Um, I, I, I was I, I was just in awe, in love with the with yes. the
1: whole the whole production. That's another thing you mentioned, the period piece, uh, uh, to which uh, to some extent I suppose Wolf is as well. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, it certainly will be looked not back as one. Yes, I think eventually, but you know, set in the late eighties, early nineties, mm. um, that kind of the zenith of that. Sort of Wall Street culture, yeah. that brought it all, you know, crashing down. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like the the the, the sleazier, more slicked backed hair version of Wall Street, the uh, the Michael Douglas yes. film, yes. Um, with, with Which, about five hundred you know, more swears, uh, I think.
1: G- Gordon Gecko apparently uh, was an inspiration for the real Jordan. R- the Bell real Ford. Jordan. He, ba- he, he watched Wall Street and thought. It's funny because be like Wall, Wall
0: Street, he, I
1: remember seeing an interview
0: with, uh, with this guy, Jordan Belfort, who is a real person. No matter what you see in this film, this is gospel truth. Yeah. This is the life, the gospel, according to Jordan Belfort. And uh, I was reading an interview with him when, during promotion of the film. And he said um, he and all of his peers watched Wall Street, watched the famous uh, or infamous even yes. Greed is Good um, uh, speech and was turned on by it. This is what they wanted in their lives, and that oozes out of the Wolf of Wall Street. You know mm. that 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 film very much. I mean,
1: much I've written the first word of my notes here for Wolf is depraved. The film is <laughs> degenerate. <laughs> it is, you know, it is a study in depravity and hedonism isn't it it's hedonism Um, by numbers but i mean in no way does it glorify or or glamorize that lifestyle i think i know that's been a criticism i was gonna say this is an argument this is definitely a point i'd love
0: to converse with you about because a lot of people have really hammered the or the the this hellish pit that jordan Belfort digs for himself and and luxuriates in Mm. um is shown to be glamorous but in no way w- did I feel that what I was seeing on screen—this this sinful indulgence, this this uh, this, this, this you know, um, gluttony of excess—I didn't want to be a part of what I saw s- uh,
1: no, on on, no. on screen. No, I, if I, you did, you're I was repelled by it. It was yes, it was a lot of it was very uncomfortable. Yeah, and you know, if anything, what Scorsese has done and, and DiCaprio has—they've crafted this. Uh, yeah, well they've made a mockery of the man. Of course. You know, you wonder, you've got to wonder about Belfort's sort of mental stability if he sort of signed off on this film. Well, I think <laughs> that it's so clever that it would appeal to his vanity whilst at the yes, same time. I mean, you do wonder if it, yes it does sort of his ego must you know the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio is playing Exactly in film.
0: and 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 your the story of your life directed by Martin Scorsese it's the kind of thing that you talk about in university like who would play you yeah. who would direct your story And this guy gets And those this two, guy gets the two um, the two
1: the 18 but they do make a complete mockery of it's him It's a farce and, isn't it And the lifestyle and, and we should be, they, they want us to see it and go look look how you know these guys are insane this isn't something you should aspire to be No this you know this is this is masculinity at the worst excess. At the very
0: <laughs> worst, yeah. Um, there's a great, there was a great thing I was thinking about, actually, when a lot, I think a lot of criti- uh, critics have missed the point with this film. Mm. I do think that they have seen it almost as a kind of entourage-esque uh, kind of buddy, like Scorsese, with with a large glass of gin, <laughs> talking to, like to DiCaprio. Like, do you fancy a holiday? We might as well chuck it on film. But I, I think that's completely. I, I do think people will come back to The Wolf of Wall Street in years to come and go. No, actually, this was a masterpiece. This encapsulates that uh, that that furore behind the banking and the excess. And a lot of people, um, this isn't really spoiler tel- uh, territory. M- minor spoilers, perhaps, lie ahead. A lot of people have argued that. They don't dwell long enough on Jordan Belfort's um, ultimate comeuppance. But Mm. there are two points that I kind of had in my mind when I was thinking back over the film. And number one, this is based on a true story. This is the story of of Jordan Belfort. Perhaps they have kind of pantomimed up certain aspects. But at its heart, it's a biopic, like you said in the beginning. So, number one, they had to stay true to his story. And at, at the end of the day, he did get off quite light. His story has been made by Martin Scorsese and yes, the United Capitol. he's Capriot. done all right for himself. Yeah, he I sold mean, the a, film rights. What a for, punishment. Exactly. He sold the film rights for like a million dollars. He's going to earn something like five or six million from, from the profit. So, he's done all right for himself. It wasn't going to be this Shawshank Redemption-esque ending, <laughs> you know. Um, number two... Uh, it, it reminded me, actually, the, the film was scripted by Terence Winter, who um, wrote uh, a, uh, a lot of The Sopranos episodes yes, and yeah. created *Boardwalk Empire. Empire yeah. um, and it did remind me, again, minor spo- uh, spoilers lie ahead for The Sopranos. It reminded me of The Sopranos ending, and I won't go into what happens, but a lot of people were um, confused and irritated and annoyed that Tony Soprano didn't get a more electric comeuppance for all of his crimes over the six seasons of The Sopranos. And uh, David Chase, the creator, simply turned around and said, it's funny, you know, because this audience have followed around Tony Soprano for six, seven years. They've cheered him on when he's been strangling, when he's been pillaging, when he's been racketeering. They've cheered Mm. him on. They've been... Uh, 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 you know, electrified by the bloodlust, and now it's ending, and they want his head on a plate. And I thought exactly the same for The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> it carries you along with this giddy energy. Um, you you kind of you end up kind of laughing out loud at some of this outlandish behaviour. Yeah, you don't. You kind of lose the right to to kind of want your your own moral compass straightened. No, at I the see end. what you mean. Yes, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying. It kind of. I thought it was a bit of a a strange eccentricity of the human condition that we felt we needed to see him punished when we cheer him on yeah. for three hours. I mean, that was
1: one of the things I noticed, took away from the film, was the sort of, uh, just the futility of it all, um, and the fact that, you know what, the bad guy does win sometimes. Exactly, <laughs> of course they do. does pay. Yeah. Just that wonderful uh, final shot of uh, Kyle Chandler's FBI agent, As I, won't, I don't want to go into too much, but that kind of, he's there, he looks around him. Yeah, and you know nothing's changed. Uh, you know, and another one has grown in his. And uh, Belfort is—he's uh, got away with um, millions. Fr- I mean, this isn't a spoiler because, like I said, you know, this is a real-life story that is over ten years old. Yeah. Where have you been? <laughs> 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 he, he got away with three months in prison or something absurd. Yeah. Um, sorry, three years. And and then and has to pay has to pay a, a certain amount of money back to all the people he has fleeced. Yeah. But I mean. Because of the the tricky nature of those sorts of things, he's only paid something like eleven million of the one hundred and ten million that he owes. Exactly. And there's no, they're in no rush. The American government are in no rush to get it off him. No. Whilst he's, you know, still which raking actually, it in as some actually, sort of insane mate,
0: motivational speaker, which is actually quite, a, uh, quite a, a strange comparison to Howard Hughes. When uh, the the U.S. government there, the, the, there's, I mean, some of my favourite sequences in in The Aviator are the courtroom scenes. Oh yes,
1: with the wonderful Alan Alda. Exactly, uh, as yeah. Uh, Senator that, that, Brewster. that DiCaprio
0: and his sparring mm. is, I think, really where you see Leonardo DiCaprio become a great actor. Now mm. uh, you've got to think, two thousand and four is where this was the second of um, the DiCaprio uh, Scorsese collaborations.
1: Yes, they just done. Gangs, Gangs of New, of New York, York yeah, hadn't
0: they, yeah. Two years previously, and I think this is where people started to look and go, "Wow, this guy can really act," because he he can. Like, oh yeah, uh, he he should have won Best Actor uh, uh, that year. Realistically, I think I looked back and I and that is an Oscar-winning performance. Yes, uh, that h- his version of Howard Hughes is just is a wonderful thing to watch, and he encapsulates that great twenty-two-year-old at the beginning. Coincidentally, the same age you see Jordan Belfort in the beginning of The Wolf of Wall Street, and he carries him right up to uh, quite near his final days, uh, probably, I don't know when uh, it was. Just
1: it was just after the war yeah. the film ends. Um, I, I, I'm afraid I don't know much more about Howard Hughes to how no. he lasted after that. But it, uh,
0: the, 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 the way that he does encapsulate the OCD, which is a huge part of the Howard Hughes story and does yes. make up a, a great majority of The Aviator, there's a little bit of skimping on that. A little bit of skimping, Dan. Um, I think that (laughs) when he goes from wearing the Kleenex boxes, unfortunately, I can't help but see Mr. Burns uh, from the course was
1: always a send-up. Of of course, of
0: Howard Hughes and uh, the urine bottles. Mm. You know this, you know hundred urine bottles. uh, That's what he did. Absolutely, uh, but then he goes from that to him being. you know uh, George Galloway versus the uh, United <laughs> States government,
1: but that is great. No, yeah, that's fair, that's fair enough. I did, but I did enjoy uh, that one. It, it was a very good portrayal of someone, I think. With, oh, absolutely. With that level of OCD. Yeah. Um,
0: and as a 30-year-old actor or something like that, you know, yeah. this is when you know the, um. the, 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 it was almost a prematurely great performance. Mm. And uh, as I say, I, I do think he was robbed that year of Best Actor. Um, I suppose inevitably, I could ask you the question really is his version of uh, jordan belfort an oscar winning performance
1: I, I walked away from the film thinking he he's in a very good chance Absolutely. but as we've uh, as we've discussed before it's a very tight race you yeah know. It, it, it's anyone's it's anyone's, anyone's game. game anyone's award at the moment it's hard to really pick someone mm. you know, i'd say he's a very strong contender yeah um, and I would be very happy if he did walk away. And his fellow
0: nominee, obviously, Matthew McConaughey, puts in a stellar cameo at the beginning. Yes, that's a, a
1: wonderful. Incredibly gaunt wonderful still, obviously, from Dallas Buyers yes, Club. Yes, clearly. Yeah. Um, I read recently uh, that that wonderful um, sort of chant that they do in the film. Oh, yeah. Is which is featured in the trailer, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah uh, is actually something that Matthew McConaughey does as an acting warm-up Really? And DiCaprio saw him do it and said, let's incorporate it into the film. Wow. I didn't know that. That's a great piece of trivia. Because he actually does that later on in the film, doesn't doesn't he? He takes it on. That's Um, brilliant. Which I thought was interesting.
0: I I walked away. um, It's funny, actually, we're talking about walking away from The Wolf of Wall Street because five people left. Five people walked out of The Wolf of Wall Street in the screening I was in, yeah. And. At what points, Uh, if you don't want to give
1: too much away? Not too much.
0: One of them left after the first... uh, It's a three-hour film. uh, uh, A couple left after the first hour. Um, There's a sequence where... uh, I I won't say too much, but there's a delayed drug sequence. Mm. uh, And a few people walked out before then. And some final people left about half an hour towards the end. Uh, Very scattered strange. Um, And when I walked out into the foyer... A lot of people were raving about it, and I will include myself amongst those people. I mm. thought it was just genius. And uh, some people, one one criticism that I heard the loudest, that was the person behind me turned around and said, "Well, it was all right for the first half an hour, but then it was just like the same thing over and over." And I wanted to turn around, grab him by the scruff of the neck, and go, "I think that's the point. I think this is the point of the film." It, and it, I mean, it wasn't. I want to mm. say it isn't the same half an no, hour repeated it's not over the same and over. Half but over I over mean, Jordan Belfort sinks into this kind of uh just scum of depravity and free falls <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> as soon as you feel he never like he falling no, you you feel like he's kind of he falls into this kind of awful like you know, swamp yeah. of d- vice and then you see and go oh blimey and then the next minute yeah. he's got it makes that look like a day out in disneyland you know
1: he really does free fall yeah. uh but i and i suppose that did offend some people's sensibilities. I mean, you've got to wonder with those sorts of situations when people walk out of films, (laughs) that length, I suppose. Are they doing it because, are they offended? Is the film longer than they expected? Have they got other plans? (laughs) Have they made dinner reservations? (laughs) Like me with the aviator. (laughs) They weren't expecting it to be three hours long. They've got to get over to Pizza Express for their table (laughs) at eight. Um, And we should say, though, that this is an incredibly
0: graphic film.
1: That's yes. what I was Remarkably, thinking. my local cinema was had certified it at 15. Wow. I took my 16 year old brother along with me.
0: Wow, that must be the. There was only... a family
1: of four in front of us. It was more awkward for them. <laughs> <laughs> Gr- Granny's in the back.
0: Four year old. I like the Avengers. Oh, you're going to love this. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, I love the Wolverine. This is the we, sequel. We, we, came,
1: we came out. I said, I said, well, what do you think? And my brother said, well, I learnt one thing. From <laughs> Did that you just film. collapse? <laughs> So I learnt one thing from that film. I said, <laughs> yeah, go on. So, <laughs> do cocaine.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the underlying
1: lesson. That's the lesson from that. That
0: must be the only cinema. The, where do I you live? Is it outside
1: the reach of the, the British Board of... Well, I, I've always heard, legend has it, that um, like local authorities can yeah. defy the... Yeah. The, um, the BBFC. The, yes, the BBFC. Really? And, and put on, you know... But I can only imagine... You'd only give that film a 15 if you hadn't seen the if film. If you were
0: blind, deaf, dumb, and had never seen a film in your life. Yeah. Um, I just imagine the then that your local cinema, I can just imagine the BBFC just going like that, <laughs> knocking on the door, and, and you walking in and it turning into like a, a pet shop. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like the popcorn stand turned yes. around and a, and a parrot's behind it going, the Wolf of Wall Street, no. We do sell
1: Alsatians. Uh, but the film changes to Frozen or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, fin- no wolf of Wall Street here. <laughs> no, certainly not. Disney's latest. Uh, fi- final thoughts. Um, yes. Yeah.
0: Obviously, we, we, we with hindsight we can look at the Aviator and it was nominated for an awful lot, but yeah. didn't do as well as I think a lot of people expected it to. Did it? No, uh, I, mean, ma- I think
1: people were. I, I mean, obviously, I can't really say. if they you know, not really noticed back then. But I think it was highly lauded. Yeah. As you would expect retrospectively. I said. think
0: its biggest award was Kate Blanchett
1: for I, um, highly Hepburn. deserved. Yeah. That, her. Portrayed, I've, I've written, I've written her down as well. Just Kate Blanchett underlined. Just, I mean, I mean that is that was a fantastic performance, mm. spot on. Catherine mm. Hepburn. I mean, mm. I mean if you just look at the uh, the aviator, that's one thing, a small thing, but so many big names just yeah. popping up. For uh, Jude Law is there? for Jude a, Law's like for a about thirty seconds, isn't he? He has, has a punch as up as, and as <laughs> Errol Flynn, a yeah. hilarious. I mean, a wonderful cameo. Yeah, really um, great. You got Kate Beckinsale as Ava Gardner. Um, I mean, Alec Baldwin turns off as, as the brilliantly named Dwan Tripp, who is the CEO of a, of an airline. Yeah. The pipe smoking <laughs> villain of the piece yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, and of course, I uh, already mentioned uh, Alan Alder, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actor yeah. for his portrayal as the, uh, the real life uh, Owen Brewster. Mm. Um, I mean, just uh, Ian Holm as well as a meteorologist. As f- <laughs> yeah, he's great, isn't he? I was going to say, I bet um, you were pleased to see Holm. That, was, that was wonderful.
0: It's um, one of those films I think Avia- The Aviator, like uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, is that I think, and it's a strange thing to say of this because obviously it's a period piece, The Aviator that is, it's one of those films that was a bit of, a too ahead of its time, like it'll it's looked back upon as a classic now. Yeah. It lost out in the majority of the awards to $2 Million Dollar Baby, which yes. is a great film, but I don't think it's aged as well as The Aviator. Mm. I mean, I would have given Best Director to Martin Scorsese. Um, this was a pr- before Martin Scorsese had ever won Best Director, because obviously he went on to Warfare yeah, yeah. Departed. Yeah. Uh, but I would have given it to him for the sequence where Howard Hughes is directing Hell's Angels, and you see Leonardo DiCaprio swinging out of the, oh, uh, the airplane. Oh, marvellous,
1: and, and looks still so good after it's ten really years. It's really beautiful, you know? a um, great film. When you look at things like The Lord of the Rings, which uh, yeah. Return of the King was 2003, yeah. and, and some of the special effects on that... Have dated, haven't they? Have dated they? terribly, but... A- the aviator aviator looks wonderful mm. um i'm glad you mentioned scorsese's directing there i just want to sort of touch on that briefly before sure. we wrap this segment up his, his wonderful attention to detail of certain things and his sort of he has a very kind of uh, i mean it seems like an excellent sense of humor but also i mean the man's a genius verging on genius the um the aviator uh the coloring of the film yeah was done to reflect um what a film with that era would look if it were in color is that true so if you'd notice at the very beginning a lot of the greens are very turquoise yeah and that's what would happen if you you tried to uh, put color onto films that came out in the early 30s wow i, um, I mean know obviously that. done with very clever post-production of it course. wasn't filmed that way but uh, but i mean that was a, what a wonderful touch that's great um, the editing of he knows how to make a film <laughs> he Dan, does doesn't he? the editing of wolf um which i Kept picking up on throughout the film, and I thought afterwards when I left, I was like, Well, I'm gonna say this is my criticism of it. Uh, there were so many continuity errors mm. in the editing, little things. And I thought, How are they making these mistakes? There's you know, uh, is a, a three time Academy Award winning editor. Mm. How is she making these daft editorial, these editing mistakes? Yeah, and then I read somewhere that actually those are all deliberate. Oh, really? And put in just all those things happen just after Jordan has taken drugs or is, is like completely off his face drunk, yeah, that and they were all done deliberately, edited badly made to not flow quite right. That's, that is t- genius. And, it's just, and you wouldn't notice it. Because that
0: works so well, having seen the film. And again, don't want to spoil it, but there's a whole segment where you see it run through because yeah. Jordan tells you what happens, but he's high on drugs. Yeah. And then you see what actually happened, <laughs> and it's completely in contrast to his version of events. So it's basically an unreliable narrator. Trip. I mean, he is
1: the master, or you know, he's the king of unreliable narrators, uh, which is also wonderful. You know, again, another kind of... Um, Something that makes this film really good, I think, yeah. that you know, it is it is the unreliable narrator. Of course, it isn't going to look at all the uh, another thing because another criticism of it is it doesn't look at all the the victims of Jordan Belfort mm. and all the you know it's all very focused on him and the hedonism and the vices yeah. and and you think well of course it is it's because the it's his story. The I mean, if you read. Th- I don't suppose that book is a copy of Humpty Dumpty, is it? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> the memoirs it's based on. Exactly. You know.
0: I don't think there's like an open letter to Jordan Belfort <laughs> at the beginning from the poor bloke who's lost no. his house or whatever. I, think I mean, I tell you
1: what, though, I'd love to read it. I, I'm going to I read it I mean, I hate to put money yeah. in this man's pocket. No,
0: I'm going to because yeah. it's one of those stories that I, 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 I felt like I'd been hit by a cricket bat after yeah. I'd seen it. I thought it was just brilliant. Mm. And the thing is, and uh, you know, we'll give the Bob ratings now, but bef- the final concluding thought I had is that these are more Martin Scorsese films, and I know that sounds like an odd thing to say, but I, I was mildly disappointed, like by Hugo and Shutter Island and things. Mm. They they all they all felt a bit like, um, you know, have you seen American Hustle yet?
1: No, i still uh, haven't.
0: It, it, it's a great film, but it's it's one of those films where it's almost like someone's watched a Martin Scorsese film and thought I could do that. And it, and <laughs> Shutter Island and Hugo are similar in that vein. I've been I've read. Um, them described as Martin Scorsese's side projects, and I think that's yeah. a fair assumption. But The Wolf of Wall Street will go down in history, I think, and it will be looked back upon as one of his mm. great pieces. It really, for I me, mean, there's so fantastic. much that
1: goes into it. It, t-
0: it mean, took Jonah it. Hill from Superbad and films of that ilk into yeah. you know a, best, a double it, it
1: took Johnny Hill to the point where he was saying I want to eat a real goldfish yeah exactly everyone is doing such everything, is do, everything on this set game. Is, is really real everyone's on yeah. the game I don't want to be the one who lets everyone down exactly. give me a real goldfish <laughs> to eat he didn't of course they had, they had some sort of goldfish handler on set Fair who enough. made sure he didn't swallow the thing fresh from blackfish a <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> lot of work <laughs> since then <laughs> but just uh, he gets so much of it out of his actors yeah. Scorsese I, in both and films, I in mean, The Aviator yeah. and The Wolf of Wall Street, I just, the performances are so wonderful, and it's all done as I mentioned, all those wonderful tricks with cameras and editing, and just I think we we wonderful say wonderful layers. Watch them both. I'll oh, just watch them both. The Wolf if of Wall can, Street. You can watch them on on the same weekend. Yes, and you just see you'll get
0: a lot out of them, especially after Dan's uh, comparisons there. Yeah. But Wolf of Wall Street is out cinema wide now. Yeah. Um, and The, the Aviator, Aviator is on is Netflix. On, on isn't Netflix, it? yes. So Dan, put us out of our misery. Should we go? What should we give first? Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. I'm going to give it a clear, a well-deserved, a stonking
1: <laughs> five bob, Dan. I think I'm going to have to go with you on that. Are you one. coming I with mean, me? It has its, it has. There are minor faults. Yeah. I w- are we watch, skipping hand look, in hand? I looked at my watch a couple of times, but yeah. in no way should that detract from all five bob. You know, I, no can't, way. I can't knock a bob off because Certainly not. I got a bit restless. No. And you know, the cinema was hot. Lots Detracted of confounding variables. <laughs> But just a master, just a, a genius example of filmmaking all mm. round. Yeah, and yeah, everything perfect. Um, and yeah. Aviator, I'll let you. Um. Um, Aviator didn't wow me as much as, as Wolf did, In I think in the same way. I don't think it had as much of an emotional yeah. punch to the to the gut as as Wolf did. Um, but I mean, a, a, an incredible biopic of of this uh, in very interesting man. Yeah, uh, you know, a fascinating. Um, study into this into this human and uh, the human condition in itself isn't it yes yeah um and again as scorsese has shown himself now incredibly thorough (laughs) you know the man is very thorough yeah uh, with his storytelling and 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 he's looking at these these characters um i think i can't i don't think i can give it five i mean i have to give it four yeah i'm i'm gonna follow you with four but it's a a very
0: strong four Mm. i know that we don't do half measures on here yeah um if it was it would be in the 4.5 you yes. know, closer to five than four. But yeah, for the same reasons, especially because as much as we've enjoyed our superlatives and everything in in <laughs> discussing this film, there, there there does seem a little bit of um, even despite its length, there is a little bit of touching on certain things um, without grasping hold of the nettle. I think. Yes. Uh, you're absolutely right. That I would have right. perhaps. But again, I mean, at three hours, I, people would have then complained mm. oh, it was four, five hours long. It was thorough, yeah. but it was long. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll join you there, Dan. So um, so so four joint fours for Aviator. Five out of yeah. five for The Wolf of Wall Street. We agree. I
1: think that's. Uh, Go and uh, see them. It's been them a both. while since we've agreed <laughs> across the board. The, the, the first and last films. time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> we shall see. But c- yes, I urge you to see them. Yes, do so now. <laughs> we don't know what you're saying, but it looks bloody good. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's our foreign film feature. They, um, as if you see, get, if that gets
0: through the iTunes censorship guidelines, they're not doing their job properly. <laughs> that's all I'll say. But. We're <laughs> looking at the hunt, Dan. Yes. So it, can you? I've uh, not seen it. No, it's a Danish film, and um, the it, it, I think it might be Jagten in Danish. I'm not going to use that too much that title. I'm going to refer to it by the hunt because, mm. as I feel like I've already <laughs> racially abused <laughs> pretty much everyone who doesn't speak English, I don't really want to start kind of you know massacring their languages. So I'll refer to it as the hunt. It came at out. The
1: sound of eighty people. <laughs>
0: Pressing stop on iTunes. (laughs) Yeah, you can just do that when they put it into trash. Yeah, um, (laughs) 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 rightly so. Uh, Yeah, yeah, The Hunt. Good reason. uh, It came out in 2012, Dan, but Mm. the reason I wanted to speak to you you and the listener, (laughs) if they're still around, if not just you, uh, is that it's been nominated for an Oscar this year. And I believe the reason for that is because it was released in the U.S., uh, closer to uh, the, the, the deadlines this point, year yeah. than last. Uh, and it is brilliant. I saw it in the dying embers of 2012. Uh, and it was the number number two on my top ten of two thousand. I remember, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. It stars Mass Mikkelsen, who most people will probably know these days as uh, the as Hannibal Lecter mm. in the TV reboot. I, I was going to w- say LeShief from but, uh, um, exactly. I was going to say Casino most film um, filmgoers will know him as the <laughs> the bleeding eyed French yes. villain, asthmatic French villain from uh, from from Casino Royale, the uh, Daniel Craig debut. And he's brilliant, isn't he? Mm. He plays a great villain. This guy. Yes. As Uh, does his brother, we've now discovered, yeah, uh, uh, Lars Mikkelsen, yeah, who was uh, in in Sherlock, Sherlock, I believe, wasn't he? And he also made his name um, in for Bridelson, the killing, yes, uh, as Thors Hartman. This is the brother, Uh, but I wanted to kind of mention that because the Danes are really coming into their own these Mm. days. They're bringing these great crime. Although it does feel like there's only about eight actors. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think there's only ten people in Denmark (laughs) so to be fair, if you've got eight tenths of your population working, let alone creating great works of art, you're doing well. They really are producing these really oily, slick, kind of Mm. creepy uh, thrillers and and crime dramas. And The Killing is great. It was on BBC 4 and it was one of those programmes, Dan, that became cult I, I was part of this cult it was shown on something like Friday nights at 11 so whilst everyone else <laughs> was enjoying being young yes. Jordan going along with Jordan Belfort and Jonah Hill uh, <laughs> the rest of us were, were staying in watching Sarah Lund with her lovely on knit, BBC 4 on BBC 4 with their, with her wonderful knitwear and these great crime dramas but The Hunt is a a paedophile film but uh, an inversion of what we know usually we see these uh, lovely bones stanley tucci and um, bow selector glasses wearing uh, yes. monsters essentially yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that wander our street these these shadowy uh, creatures who ro- roam normal suburban streets and take children abuse and even kill them whereas the hunt puts that on its head and mass mickelson's character Lu- uh, lucas um he is accused of paedophilia, uh, of abusing a child. He's a, pri- a primary school teacher, but it's a pr- well, he's probably actually an infant school teacher. And um, a child becomes... In, in, in the way that some kids do, she kind of... She likes him, you know. There's yeah, something yeah. very innocent about it. And, and and he is kind of aware of that. And, you know, he gently pushes her away uh, whilst m- maintaining a, a professional relationship. Yeah. Um, but she... Accuses him of molesting her, and you know from the outset that this character is completely innocent of the charges. But the hunt is that this very rural, very local—it's
1: the mob, isn't it? The
0: very mob uh, want to string him up for it, and he yep. becomes an outcast of this very tight-knit community. And it is amazing this film. This this film is a blistering uh, part of uh, of cinema, and I urge you to see it. And I h- I really hope that unfortunately we still live in this day and age where films, uh, subtitled films are a turnoff for the mainstream. And um, that's why old boy and things are repackaged in these really awful yes, ways. Yeah, and I hope yeah. the hunt never finds that. I know the killing did get remade for a US audience and it didn't do very well. I just hope the hunt doesn't get repackaged because um, it, it being Danish is, v- is part of its essence. It's its identity. It's the, it's the very short days, a very mm. rural location um, Everyone well, ha- has yeah. these marvellously chiselled features. As many of
1: these von films that you and I have sat down to watch, you know, are, you know, the uh, the French film, Priceless, yep. and the German film, The Wave, all mm. have very much, you know, they're very... They're products very of their French, nations. French, very I mean, I suppose... British films in themselves are very British, of aren't course, they? Of course, of course. Everything has its own identity, and you're right. Yes, there shouldn't yeah. be that kind of. And
0: even American films are very American. I mean,
1: uh, we're probably stating the obvious. It, here. <laughs> exactly,
0: but even looking back at something like The Wolf of Wall Street, I'm not sure if it would have had as much pizzazz as it would mm. if it was made by um, by, a Brit- by a British film uh, uh, or, or a French film. Yes, I think yeah. the, the, these films are. I know this is a, a, another discussion I- entirely, but The Hunt is very much. Um, a a a child of its nation, and uh, as I say, the Danes have really hit this nerve, this this murky nerve that they're they're really hitting again and again. And the all hun- eight of them, <laughs> yeah, all eight of them, yeah. And uh, the hunt. It's one of those films that you watch and it stays with you for days afterwards. And it's strange, actually. I, I know a few people who have now sat and watched these films, especially now that it's been Oscar-nominated, and the ending is slightly different. Now, every oh, yeah. person I've spoken to sees no ambiguity in its ending. I, for one, didn't, did, didn't see an ambiguity in the ending. But everyone I know has a different opinion <laughs> of, of what happened in the ending, so it must have an ambiguous ending, by definition. Right, okay. That's and intriguing. Exactly, and it's worth seeing. And I'd like you to actually sit and watch it, just to say, but I think it's one of those films where you can take something from it and the person next to you... The the, the screening I saw it in, as I say, was The Dying Embers of December 2012, and there were so many gasps, I was surprised there was any oxygen left in the room. <laughs> People... It was a, a, a very startling, very shocking, but never... Never does it stray into that pantomime or the, or, and I know it sounds silly to say it, but never does it stray into that cinematic realm. Mm. This could happen. This could happen down your street. It could, it could happen in your local school. It has happened. Uh, I, 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 as I was watching it, the, the u investigation was happening with yeah, all of yeah. these you know awful crimes that were being unearthed by the, uh, the British press. And it was just so relevant for me to have seen it at that time. Uh, and I really do hope it wins uh, its Oscar for um, for best feature in a foreign language. What else is it up against? It, it, I think its biggest contender is going to be The Great Beauty, yes. uh, which Tom, oh, yes. Mr. Tom Bond has uh, done a marvellous review for One Room with a View.com. Um, and that's a great film as well. Very Italian, very, <laughs> but great. Very Roman. Yeah, uh, yeah. But a, a lovely film. But I think The Hunt is one of those films that it just deserves its recognition. Like, I, I sat and watched it, and I couldn't wait to see it again. And, and Mass Mickelson, if it was an American film, he would win Best Actor for his portrayal. Like, there would be no no debate whatsoever. He really gets inside this character. And it's so lovely to see, after seeing him as these villainous, uh, Hannibal Lecter, Le Chiffre.
1: it's yes. so great
0: to see him as this very normal, very civilian, very nice uh, a man who's a, a, an, inf- an infant school teacher who loves his job, who loves his, his, his family. Uh, he, he's actually divorced in the film, and, um, but he still loves his son and he, he makes sure he, he has a great relationship with them. He's got a, a wonderfully laddish relationship with, with, with all of the local, uh, I think they're hunters. Right, uh, like yeah. they're, they're, it's a very hunting-based um, community, which obviously lends itself to the, to the hunt he finds himself embroiled in. But uh, I would implore you to see it. I would implore the, uh, implore the listener to go and see it. It is a five-bob film. Absolutely. Okay, well,
1: where, where, where can we get our hands on It's
0: it? on Netflix at the moment. Oh, it is marvellous. on... Ne- Netflix UK have it, and uh, I believe it's being sold, to coi- uh, to use your expression, Dan, it's being sold for pennies at the moment. It's, mm. been a, it's been around... What's the great thing about it is that these films very much... Um, enjoy a uh, 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 viewership because of the oscars but because the hunt came out and it's danish yes. <laughs> you, they can't give them away so uh <laughs> if you if, if you want to own the film you can pick it up on amazon for very very yeah, you yeah. know pocket change but um it is on netflix ready to stream watch it before the oscars i do think it's gonna it's gonna lose out to the great beauty but if it doesn't it, I mean, even if it does you, you're not going to be short-changed with this film You're still with us, myself, Christopher, and over here, Dan. And you're going to take this segment, Dan. This is brand spanking new.
1: Yes, this is something, as I mentioned earlier in the show, that I I thought of and I thought maybe it would be would be something fun but I've yeah. not told you a damn thing about <laughs> it <laughs> Not one thing, no This this has not been okayed <laughs> should I say No one knows I'm doing this This is all fall flat
0: and yeah. you'll never see it again You're so proud but of it though <laughs> You're so proud I was saying I was expecting because Dan really works hard on these things and I, you know I mean, it only goes to show I rolled in here with a, note, a, no- a blank notepad and a pen thinking I was brilliant <laughs> and I saw Dan he had all of these notes I was saying the next time I expect to see him with Kleenex boxes tied to his feet just his own Euro just call everywhere. me the Howard
1: Hughes <laughs> of the podcasting world. I will. I think iTunes is certainly going to go down that route. <laughs> um, no. So this feature is... Uh, but basically, uh, last weekend, I started flicking through Netflix. Yeah. And I made a list of everything on there that I'd like to watch. Oh, brilliant. Films that perhaps are a little obscure, a little bit indie, that you know didn't get huge wide releases, that fi- things I may have missed from a few years ago that are now available to watch and have to worry about buying the DVD. Yeah. Also, um, the occasional television show as well, because Netflix is very good They're great. for those sorts of things. Um, anyway, so I thought, well, I should include this in the podcast. I mean, let's... let's <laughs> We've got we, 15 we minutes talk- to fill. <laughs> if we talk about Netflix enough, we say, oh, if you want to watch something, it's probably on Netflix. Still available so- to
0: hire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so here I am, introducing the very first of uh, NetPix. LAUGHTER
0: Oh, do you know what? I, I, we're recording this via camera, and I might put your little expression on the podcast. It was brilliant. It was like a three-year-old. You know when they come back from a creche, and they've made you like an ashtray or something out of know, a
1: crisp packet, <laughs> and they're so pleased. <laughs> it was that took me all of two minutes to think up. Really? Two with minutes? With, with you wasted two <laughs> minutes of your life. With, with picks with an X. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> the, the layers, Chris. The Genius. Layers.
0: <laughs> You've saved it. it. So have you got a jingle, or is it just that very no, animated? No, just me saying Netflix. Oh, okay, then, sure. <laughs> That's going to run and run.
1: <laughs> but anyway, but I've... <laughs> 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 but starting us off, kicking us off, I've, I, um, it's something I've been watching. Um, it's a TV show, not a film. Okay. I've thought, uh, but I, I, I saw this TV shows on We're there. not prejudiced here, Dan. No. <laughs> Despite <laughs> our racially motivated <laughs> 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 jingles. Um, but... Uh, Yeah, I thought I'd mix it up a bit with a television show. The television show, all seven seasons are now on Netflix. Wow. They used to only have the first three. Now they've got all seven, which is fantastic news for fans of this show. Um, This particular show was uh, rated number two, I think, in Empire's 50 greatest television shows. I think I know what you're going to say what it is now, Dan. And was uh, created by, um, you know, man of the moment, Joss Whedon. Yes. This is, of course, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Which... I'm so glad to be able to revisit thanks to netflix um you know and as I say, all seven seasons, yeah all you know available st- straight away yeah um so yes, I thought yeah so my my first Netflix, picks number one uh, i mean of, that's of that's of a real podcast. gauntlet you've thrown down there, <laughs> one of the best t v shows of yeah. all time I mean TV changing, you know, it, it changed, I think, the face of television. And it's still um, as relevant today.
0: We're watching things like The Hunger Games is, uh, you know, it, you can't help but feel there's a little bit of Buffy yeah. Summers in Katniss Everdeen. I mean, you
1: know. uh, Whedon always says his sort of inspiration for it came from all these horror films he'd seen where the, the sort of attractive blonde teenager was always the one that got killed off first. Yeah, And he thought, you know what, I think maybe we should try and give her a better personality. Oh, give that's her, great. Give her more of a chance. Mm. And thus... Buffy Summers was born. W- um, were
0: you a fan the first like, right, as it came out, I remember when it was shown on BBC, BBC Two, BBC Two, yeah, around it was 7 a p.m. Stellar lineup The Simpsons, and, you know, Simpsons Fresh, Fresh, Fresh Prince Bel-Air
1: I mean, was, this is one of the things it just reminded me so much of my childhood, yeah. Um, so again, thank you, Netflix, absolutely. And <laughs> if
0: you're like me, I missed it. I completely, yeah, my, one of my close friends at school used to rabbit on about it day and yeah. night, and I think that turned me off a little bit. And so, I started watching them two years ago, and they are genius, yes. they are brilliant. I,
1: it's just like you say, still relevant, and still, I mean, the writing is fantastic. so funny, so, so funny, funny. funny, so witty. Mm. Um you know the act the characters are wonderful i mean you know Anthony Stewart head <laughs> <laughs> giles it's Giles is just amazing um you know he just he's perfect as that kind of fussy uh you know library english librarian type um you know Alison Hannigan brilliant as as the awkward teenager willow yeah uh, Nicholas Brendan who who sadly hasn't done as much acting work as perhaps he should have done since Buffy finished mm. In fact, I believe Alison Hannigan's the only one who hasn't sort of had seen her career take a bit of a dive <laughs> yeah. since Buffy ended. I mean, yeah. these these actors will always be the Scooby Gang, you know, measured against their performances in Buffy. It's always funny characters. because
0: I always thought um Xander, Z- he was always like a kind of a, a, a child of Jim Carrey almost. Mm. He's got a very Cariness ar- about him.
1: Yes, he's got. I think he was. I think Brendan has always said in interviews that he was based most on Whedon. Like where, when Josh Whedon was writing the part oh, wow. and stuff, he's like, that, you know, that is that was him in his yeah, school days, channeling him, channeling with the you know with the, the the dry remarks and the you know the, the hopelessness with yeah. with the opposite sex and so on. Um, but That's yeah, all changed since the, the Avengers. <laughs> he can pick them out now, can't he? Um,
0: but I mean, just. It's still, it, it never. What I loved about watching Buffy uh, the Vampire Slayer is it never rested on its laurels. Like it, it, you mentioned, then one of its kind of hallmarks is its zippy, yes, it, you yeah. know, tangy dialogue. And yet, as soon as Joss Whedon found out that people saw it as something that was resting on that witty dialogue and the chat between the friends, he, he created the episode Hush, which is actually an episode that
1: is has no dialogue in it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is a and show that is one that of the best episodes <laughs> I mean, of the entire series. It's a show which people sort of say the uh, people cite the musical episode as a kind of moment where it went a bit downhill. Yeah, but the musical episode was something Whedon has always wanted to do. Uh, you know, so the the show was never jumping the shark at that point. It was it was all part of the no, grand Exactly, plan. for the whole for every and, you know, series has kind of, it, of a wacky And, episode. <laughs> and it works. Yeah, <laughs> it's you great. Even when even when you, even when you say think the show is maybe uh, at its uh, at it going through a trough, it's still, uh, still it's genius. still wonderful television. And as I say, yes, it was something I watched on and off as a kid back when they aired it on BBC Two. I don't know exactly when they did that. Mm. Um it must I think have obviously they nineties, were they were a it? few years behind. I mean it started in ninety seven and it def- I definitely wasn't watching it when I was six years old. Well, certainly not. Um I think it maybe it came around the early noughties on the BBC. Uh so what you're saying
0: is go, go, go get 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 in your bedroom, sit in
1: your underpants and watch, you know, eight <laughs> days worth of Buffy the Vampire. <laughs> well, that's what that's if that's your thing, <laughs> I mean, you can watch it at a more reasonable rate if you prefer. But, I mean, I, yes, I have been able to, in the last few weeks, devour all of season one. I'm steadily making my way through season two. Yeah. And, you know, th- th- I mean, there's no end in sight. I'm not going to stop oh, watching it. Oh, certainly not. Um, it's just so wonderful to be able to uh, to watch it again. And as I say, uh, a TV show that's had so much influence. And so much influence you can still see in things like Torchwood and, we'll and Doctor Who and, as you say, the Hunger Games. Yeah. Um well Russell yeah.
0: T Davis actually cites Buffy the Vampire Slayer as like the mm. main reason that Doctor yeah. Who came back. I mean
1: one of the Buffy this one of Buffy the Vampire Slayer's writers was uh, a young man called Drew Goddard who I mean look where he is now. Exactly. Look what he's written over the past few years. Yeah. I mean, it's just and of course and Joss Whedon has gone from that. Yeah, he, he's done all right for himself and he's Dan. Like, <laughs> he's all right. I think mean, he's directed some small <laughs> indie, indie films somewhere down the line. Robert Downey someone yeah, something <laughs> or <around>. other. Yeah. <laughs> which may or may not have a sequel. Yeah. Um, if it performs all right. <laughs> I think it'll do all right. It'll do all right. It's it all right. All right. Stuff, it's still it? in the news. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought... I mean, I don't know, but, yeah, what do you think? What What are your memories of
0: Buffy? And, and See, th- that's what I say with Buffy the Vampire Slayer is that I always remember hearing so much about it, and my sister was a fan, and my best friend at school was always a fan, but I felt like it was shoved down <laughs> my neck by these two people so much <laughs> that I never really got into it. And I... As I stumbled through university... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, student life, Dan. You're, you know, you're living from one box set to the next, essentially, aren't you? You, yeah, absolutely. you put a few lectures in and stuff. But uh, I came into Buffy the Vampire Slayer so late in my life. But uh, as with the Aviator, I was almost quite glad that I missed the hype of it and could just see it. And to use your word, devour. Yeah. So I yeah. watched the, all of it in a matter of. You know a few weeks <laughs> and it's just genius it's one of those things i was so pleased that i almost waited to be old enough to i mean i know you'd get loads out of it as a kid and as an adolescent but i was so pleased to be in my 20s when i first watched it and as i say i throw yeah. my weight entirely behind your claim sit down watch all of them back to back they're I mean, brilliant yeah it's just you'll get so much entertainment out of them and the arcs are also fantastic you know, this isn't yes, just. I mean,
1: there is. You know, there is. It's re- like Breakfast Club esque teen politics. Yeah. And, and but there's a wonderful development in all those, and all those characters grow. Mm. And the, the, I mean, they're they're totally different. I mean, I remember the finale, and, and then I watched the pilot episode a few weeks back, and they're so different, and it, and and that is very rare. I mean, Breaking Bad did it, of course, very recently, yeah. of course. There's huge character arcs, those huge journeys these characters go on. No one, no one at the end of Buffy is the same as they were. Certainly not. Um, at the beginning, not even, not even, not even Giles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not even Giles. Who, the unflappable Giles has, has been. He's changed. flapped, isn't he? By the end, <laughs> he's no longer unflappable. Um, you know. Uh, yeah. So one of my favourite TV shows ever, and um, which I had forgotten, I think, before being able to watch it again.
0: There's one thing I wanted to add, actually, very quickly. I don't want to hijack this, um, this segment from you, but that, um, whilst we were talking about going back n- in, in terms of nostalgia, there's a new series that, um, that Netflix has just put up, and it's called Adventure Time. Have you heard of this, Dan? The kids' show, yes. It's a kids' show, but it's one of those shows that as much as children of a young age of five, six will enjoy it, people of our age and even older will get something out of this. I've sat and watched the entire first season almost back to back it and it's genius dan like i'm so excited about adventure time it's incredibly (laughs) colorful it's kind of like your brain is eating bubble gum constantly and living on it but it's very similar to the simpsons in that it's very bright and colorful and kids are gonna kind of get high as a kite off the just the colorization of it (laughs) but adults are gonna sit and laugh because it's very wry yeah um but yeah i didn't want to hijack it but it w- Just watching them will take you back to um, uh, after-school television like CITV mm. and CBBC, sitting down cross-legged, far too close to the television screen, having your retinas burnt off by uh, <laughs> the bright blues and pinks
1: and everything, and it is incredibly mm. witty. But isn't that what you want from, I mean, this is television at its best, pure escapism, uh, yeah. and a chance to just, you know sit back and relax and, and, and get away of these wonderful characters. Absolutely. And that's whether they the be these kids' characters, kids' TV show characters, or... Yeah, um, you know Buffy and Scooby
0: Gang. Absolutely, but yeah. So sorry. Have you got more Netflix? I just wanted to say Adventure Time season one is completely available on, <laughs> yes. on, on Netflix, and it's brilliant. Honestly, Dan, you should watch. I it. will. I will certainly. It's give very a go. fun. Whenever when, I've like
1: when, when got time in between Buffy, between <laughs> so Buffy. Well,
0: that's the thing is that um, the Adventure Time are only eleven minutes. So you know that thing of like eleven minutes. Oh, I'll sit and watch thirty-eight of them. Then <laughs> <laughs> you ne- you never quite marry that in your mind. Actually, no. You've watched. The, I've, I honestly lost about eight hours in the, <laughs> la- in the last of watching Adventure Time, but
1: it's brilliant, honestly, so mm. much fun. I make, I've made the mistake of watching Buffy before I go to sleep. Oh no. Which is obviously creating havoc with <laughs> my sleeping pattern. Just the master <laughs> just is just, just chasing you yeah, through these is, dream worlds. Yeah, yeah, getting woken up at the slightest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll be sleeping with a steak by my pillow before long. Mm. <laughs> Lovely. Um, but yeah, but just, just I thought I'd take a, a bit of a trip down memory lane. I thought it would be a nice way to Perfect. start off that. But yeah, two weeks from now, hope you have another net picks. Perfect
0: housekeeping dan yes uh, to, to close the show yeah that's not really much of a jingle but <laughs> as i say <laughs> the it's, coffers it's are dry you just have netflix oh i almost want to save to send that to a jingle come on netflix just to get your energy in fact i don't think she could match your energy for that dan well yeah w- w-
1: watch out amy
0: <laughs> yeah our professional jingle maker <laughs> Right, so housekeeping. This is the time, as I say, where we like to kind of try and put the shelves back up in the room that we've we've trashed for the hour. Yeah, Um,
1: there's a few things to go over. You've actually written some notes. You've got it all there. I've got it all here, Dan. Yeah, housekeeper general.
0: Well, it's just nice because, as I say, uh, as I said in the, this is our very, very proper first episode. Not that you'd quite realise, but this is the very first... We, we, ha- we did a pilot, but for those of you who didn't download the pilot, uh, we are actually a podcast of a blog, aren't yes, we, Dan? Yes, yep. We are kind of a companion piece to a larger website, and that website is oneroomwithaview.com, and it's edited by the charming, the lovely um, Mr. David Brake. Yes. Who really has put his heart, soul, and wallet <laughs> into this venture. God bless him, God and all that sale of- <laughs> And in the la- last week... Uh, we've only been going for four months Dan and uh, in the last week we've just hit well over a million hits on the website which I think you'll agree is a a fantastic achievement and that really is solely down to our wonderful editor so give him give, give him a little kind of Online yeah. slap on. It's the not back. down to us. We're not. Linked Certainly to the site. not down <laughs> to us. Well, it would have been two million if it wasn't for us. But uh, <laughs> we we do our best. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I just I wanted to use this kind of little bit of time at the end just to promote the website because there really is some great stuff going on there. You know, it's yeah. not just uh, the, the, the 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 gimmick that the site has is to boil down new releases to just one hundred words, um, and that's everything that just comes out at the cinema. And it's got a great turnaround rate, but there's also some wonderful features. Dan, aren't there?
1: Yes, I mean, um, yeah, we've, you've obviously got... There's your one, I 1001 Movies, that you're, yes. you're slowly making your way through that <laughs> sort of toad. Crawling got, through it. Crawling yeah. through these 1001 films you must see. That's right. Um, then there's uh, The the Best Films Never Made, which mm. is, uh, uh, I mean, you know, great puns aside, is <laughs> it's better, than, is than, is anything we better than anything we've ever come up with. <laughs> yeah, we might. I might ask Patrick, actually, <laughs> if he can get involved. Um, and that's all about uh, films that were in the development stages yeah. or were, you know were discussed that could have been made but, but then never saw the light of day
0: yeah uh, and also there's a brand new one of uh stories from the set yes uh, and that's a kind of a, a behind the scenes feature where they mm. um we look at famous films i believe the most recent was singing
1: in the rain yeah but we peer behind if you are the at all like i am mm. and and you as we both are interested in in what goes on behind the camera and the process of making films and these wonderful little stories. I mean, you, you know me, I'm I'm sort of famous for my endless amounts of trivia. Yes. Um, on these <laughs> well, things. Thank God, because we wouldn't have a show without it, Dan. <laughs> um, but th- those sorts of features are an absolute godsend. They uh, are. You know, a treasure trove. And of, they are brilliant. facts. And meticulously researched. I mean, not
0: like they're you know, the crap that we come no. out with there. I mean, th- this is stuff where they have trawled, that, that, you know, they really have put their heart and soul into it. But also, uh, one of the flagship features of One Room with a View is uh, one of their brilliant beginner's guides. Yes. And, um, and Chris Davis does these, and he, he really has done some great ones. The most recent one we'll enjoy, because it was Martin Scorsese. Uh, it should be available on there. Have a little look. It's genius. Um, you can follow One Room. Yep. Uh, that's on They're Twitter. on Twitter at one room with a view, um, one being the numerical version of the uh, number. <laughs> uh, uh, and on Facebook, it's one room with a view as well. And yep. you can become fans of that. Email us, Stan, at uh, one Room with a View show at gmail.com. None of this is written down. I'm trying to do this desperately. I'm looking into He's, Dan's I eyes. See if,
1: listen, if you could see <laughs> the terror and panic in this feel man's eyes, I I've
0: got blood <laughs> pouring out of
1: my right eye. Right no, so um,
0: yeah, so you and you can follow us at the Press Tonight at Mr. Alton. Yeah. If you want to hear our ramblings yeah. online, yeah. which are also great.
1: He is literally sweating like Michael oh Gove at a teachers' I meeting. I feel like
0: I've <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've just run a marathon. My heart is beating. Uh, yeah, But
1: email us. We'd love to hear from we you. We would love to hear from and you. Yeah, also, because we've got an, uh, another feature coming in a ah, couple of weeks right, then, haven't yes. we? Of would you this, like to introduce this? Goes this nice this. This is something we, we started back in uh, the radio, back in the radio days um, where it started, very innocently enough, with me uh, suggesting, nay, challenging, <laughs> you to, to see uh, the Twilight Marathon that was being shown at one of our local cinemas yes. down in Exeter at the mm. time. Uh, that was all... Three films it wasn't was it, at the time. Four, four Dan. Dan. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs>
0: it was four. So this is challenge, Chris. Challenge, Dan, isn't it? Um yes. And so what we'll do is, if you have the uh, a- a- any rubbish that you want us to sit and watch, anything those kind of really unwatchable films.
1: This is where someone goes in, I think you should watch Buffy the
0: Vampire Slayer. <laughs> exactly, and we go mental. Load of tripe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. Our shows don't count, listening back to them. <laughs> but if there's anything you want to put us through, a hell, and then we will feed back on Challenge Chris, Challenge Dan. Yeah. If you can't be bothered, we'll, we'll challenge each other. Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll be concocting awful... Awful things for the other one to have to go and watch. Absolutely. And that will um, start
0: in two weeks' time. Yes. We're so back in two weeks' time, aren't we? Are we Dan? At,
1: yes. This is a, two, a fortnightly podcast. We'll be back in two weeks, hopefully, with some of your wonderful suggestions for Challenge Chris, Challenge Dan. Yes. Send them um, to the
0: email or via yes, Twitter. And the
1: email address again is one room with a view show at gmail.com. Yeah. Or you can tweet the blog at one room with a view. Perfect.
0: Uh, I think that's it, Dan. I've enjoyed myself yes. with you.
1: I certainly have. It's been a wonderful evening.
0: Okay. Well, until the next time then. Cheerio.
1: You're listening to the One Room with a View show with Christopher Preston and Dan Orton.